Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's Michelle Collins. Welcome to a brand new episode of Midnight Snack. Maybe it's a repeat. I say brand new. It could be anything. It could be old. If you've heard (laughs) it before, maybe you discovered me like in the year 2042 after the Daily Mail prints my obituary and you're listening to this for the first time. It's not brand new. You know, it's like you don't hear Dick Cavett going, hey, it's a brand new Dick Cavett show. But for me right now, this week, October 4th, 20. 21, it is new. <laughs> so really, really sad when people, after my obituary, when people listen to this, they're going to be like, shit, that's dark. Yeah, let's title this one, Listen First. <laughs> yeah. When people go looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to this one first. It's going to make you really sad. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. It's an episode of Midnight Snack. Um, wow, I'm here with uh, my old friend, Dan Acton, who I must say is looking a little different and I'm trying to figure out, okay, glasses for sure. Yeah. Haircut for sure. Yeah. I also um, was shaving my beard and I put the wrong like no. number on it. <laughs> and so I just started doing that. I was like, eh. so I just had to do it all. So you I'm look a little stubbly. 
Can I be honest with you? I like this look for you. You always okay. look handsome. You have a lot of fans. I get... <laughs> I. It, what's amazing about Dan is like the only um, filthy DMs that I get are about Dan. I never get any. It's always like, I want to fill Dan's hole. I'm like, okay, well, anyway, you can just let oh. him know that. Okay. All right. Um, we can, we can <laughs> cool. Hey, I need to definitely leave that part in. This is for my obituary. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole obituary after the Yeah, film. I'm like braiding a noose right now. <laughs> <laughs> on your feet, like in Castaway, using yeah. <laughs> um, old video cassettes. Anyway, we are here. I think you look great. I was going to say you kind of look a bit like a German psychotherapist. Oh, thank you. That's, yeah. that's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I like that. I, I can kind of like shape shift with this uh, new look because I usually don't wear glasses. So I feel like I do look slightly intelligent. You look smarter and you look like, honestly, um, I'm going to say something helpful but judgmental. Mm-hmm. I had a funny thing happen this weekend. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I, why not? You know, if I can't talk about my life as, as material, why not? Right. <laughs> and you know what? I hope they don't hear this because I'm going to try to keep it as neutral as possible. Okay. Um, well, first of all, something funny happened to me Friday, which is that, you know, I'm doing this big apartment purge. It's the purge, except the only thing that gets murdered are my Nordstrom rack deals. Um, <laughs> putting them out on the curb. And I, so I have like Ikea or I had at least Ikea bags like filled to the brim with, you know, and it's like literally running my own Costco because I have bags where I'm like, OK, that's the donation bags. These are the mid-level resale bags. This is the designer stuff. Like it's a whole right. operation. It's not just like chuck it to the wind. So I had all these bags and I had, um, fr funny enough, a few from before I even left for England, but I had just bags that I wanted to donate. And there is a Salvation Army in the Upper West Side that I've been to before. They're very lovely and it's just so easy. Not far from where I live. You know, I take an Uber right. there, boom, drop it off. Great. So Friday I had this whole, oh my God, I had a whole operation in play. I was like, I'm going to go donate the stuff. Um, rent a car, go to Costco, which you know I haven't done in months. I really missed Costco. I was like, I want to, I just miss pushing a big cart around big aisles. Like that right. is, <laughs> it's actually meditative for me. Just yeah. mindlessly mazing through the garbage. <laughs> I bought like a hundred dollar blow dryer. I don't even know. I was just out of my, I, by the way, it did look at this. So it did a nice job. That's great. Actually fab. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dan, Dan and I are seeing each other tonight, but we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, so I have this whole plan and I get in the Uber to go to drop the stuff off at the Salvation Army. And it's on 96th Street on New York's Upper West Side, which I would call it, if I had to describe it like a, a chopped judge, I would call <laughs> that particular street unsavory. Okay. It's just, it's just a little unsavory for me. I don't savor it when I'm there. It's, I've noticed that all of New York is under scaffolding more so than ever, which I don't know if it's because bricks are killing people or I don't know what is going yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're noticing this. Literally every block going down Broadway has scaffolding. Yeah, it's covered covered. Yep. Long story short, so 96th Street, it has a Port Authority-esque energy to it, even though it is in a nice-ish neighborhood, but there's always, like, it's a bit unsavory. It also, it's where the highway, you have a highway exit there, and mm. I mean, it's still, the apartments are still expensive there, but I don't know, there's always, like, you know, vagrants and things hanging. It's like a real, it's kind of corner, you just keep moving, you know? Right. And anyway, the Uber drops me off, 
there are two buses that I don't think the ignition has been turned on since 1987. Like they were covered. <laughs> it looked like the bus in speed, like right. after the bridge jump. You know, I'm like, have these buses been driven cross town since the 40s? Like, why are they here? Yeah. Of course, parked right boom in front of the Salvation Army. So I, the Uber has to like basically stop in traffic as I'm unfurling. Oh, no. You know, it was just stressful. I'm like, right, I'm furling right, the bags. Right, yeah. I'm by myself, whatever. Anyway, so I take, I manage to hoist, because if there's one thing the skeleton is good for, it's hoisting. I hoist all the bags, and I go up, and it's a Friday, it's like noon. Right. I go over to the Salvation Army, there's a whole group of construction workers, guys, you know, just sitting, having their lunch or whatever, right next to the Salvation Army, and the fence is down, like the grate is all the way down. What? They're, clo- they're closed. Oh, so no. I'm like, Dan, so I go, um... <laughs> I go, oh, and they're looking at me. And I'm like, kind of, you know, I'm like done a little bit. And they're looking at me and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. It's closed. And they go, yeah, it's not open. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, that's, and I'm like, you know, having a nice chat with them. And I go, that's, yeah. and they were like, these like toothless guys, like very nice guys. And I go, uh, that's so funny. Like, why would they, maybe on a Sunday, of course, but why would the Salvation Army, they were like, yeah, they're, it closed. And I'm like, well, why would it be closed on a Friday? Yeah afternoon right. i go that's so strange they go oh no it it closed like it's just it's not open it doesn't oh, function no. as a thing anymore <laughs> oh. so and i'm holding now like i mean asos's fall winter spring summer collection <laughs> dating back to 2015 okay i'm like <laughs> but i have the asos spring winter collection zero zero one six you know right. and i go well what what am i going to do with all these things i mean we were laughing a little bit they were very sweet i go well, so what do i do with all this and they go well you can leave them there someone will take it <laughs> so I did. So I That's left. True. I, I know. So and and actually, really, not to be like that, but especially on that street, there are people who will come and take it. So I yeah. left the bags. What's funny to me is like it was nice stuff. Like there were like Madewell jeans in those bags. I was like, all right, things that right. I figured, what I'm going to make a dollar reselling it. Let me just give it to right, charity. Right. It's too much stress. So I really, but my I keep thinking because some of the stuff was like really ugly. I get roped into these ASOS whirlwinds sometimes, especially when things are at sale or back when, you know, I wait a little bit more where I would like try to distract from my hips by embellishments. Like I'd be like, well, maybe more beads I put on the less people will notice that I'm shaped like Yo-Yo Ma's cello. Maybe if I put more fringe surrounding myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, but I keep thinking how funny if I just see, because they're very specific items in those bags, some of them. How right. funny if like coming to America style, I just see people on 96th street just like wearing my things i would love it honestly i think it like made me happy to think about yeah i think that's totally fine i actually put things just out sometimes just like bags of clothes like it's okay cut out the middleman it's fine no i mean really i'm actually the thing is here's the true story if i had had a car with me i would not have left them there i would have taken them to another donation place or a shelter or something right but the problem welcome to new york is like and with those buses that were parked i couldn't even get in an uber it was like I, I was like, I found myself in the worst intersection of Manhattan. I was like, I can't. My psyche cannot deal with these items anymore. God bless. Bless and release. So I left in there. So anyway, if you got any of my, um, you know, long skinny jeans that had like some, the thighs were, you know, see-through at this point. Uh, congratulations. Let me know how you like them. So that was the first thing that happened. But I went to this dinner. Oh, God. I like debated talking about this or not because sometimes I don't like to give energy to things that are like. Sometimes I don't like to give energy to things that are negative in my life because I actually feel like it almost encourages them to happen more often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I'm curious. I have to tell Dan. (laughs) And the result is that all of you get to hear this too. Sometimes I say things. And I'm going to really be careful how I tell this because I have friends in common with these people and I maybe they'll listen because then the other thing is I'm thinking, well, what if they're like, oh, that bitch, like, let's listen, you know, and then I'm talking about them. It's kind of funny, but whatever. Them's the breaks, as they say. That's right. I went to dinner with two very dear friends who I just adore so much and they're in the clear completely in the story for the record. And they're friends who were an older couple, two men, uh, ranging anywhere from 50 to 60. So you can drop two dots and figure out what each of their ages is. Very lovely guys. We sit down, we went to this Italian restaurant, delicious food. Um, I don't want to even say what they do for a living, but I will say that they were not in the world of therapy or psychotherapy or any sort of, or psychic readings or anything along those lines. Okay. So one of them was very quiet and one was like, they were both nice. I mean, you know, listen, and also when I meet new people, it was kind of fun because then I go into like mish mode, you know? Right, right, right. And (laughs) And I've been in a bit of a, I've been in a bit of a funk since coming back. And just like things, you know, personal things, whatever. I've been a bit funky. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'm back. Like, I'm at dinner, you know, and was making them laugh. And I was like, but not being annoying. I was being normal. Just, you know. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, this must be horrible. Yeah. You got it. It's a, it's a slow simmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait. Slow simmer. All right. Anyway, one of the guys, I could barely hear a word he was saying. It was Seinfeld, low talker. Oh, I think that sometimes when you think... It was like, what? I couldn't hear a, literally a word. Um, he was the older of the two. They were an engaged couple. And um, and at one point, we're just sitting, and he goes, you know, I see, the thing is, I don't want to, like, give too much of what he said away, because it was actually, like, insulting, and I don't want to then... I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to blow up me getting put down here, if that makes sense. So I'll try to keep it vague enough. You're going to shit. Okay. He goes, you know, I've been watching you. This was about halfway through the dinner. He goes, I've been watching you at this dinner. And I went, oh, and you know how polite I am. I always pour water for people. (laughs) You know what I am? Listen, I am aware of, I've been working on myself. I am aware that I am a people pleaser. I know where it stems from. Yes, I was a bully child. Yes, I had some family things. You know, there's like all kinds of things that made me this person. Um, I like start to cry. No, but genuinely, (laughs) I have shit in my life that, you know, things I don't, even speak about that are things that have shaped who I am, right? Right. Negative things. And working on it, trying to overcome it. But I also am like confident. I also felt pretty Saturday night. I had a good outfit on. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like some, you know, Newton aliens. Like you found me like Cosette, (laughs) like covered in dirt in my Ikea bag of donations. Like me, you know. (laughs) Right, right. Or so you thought. Well, exactly. I'm sorry about. He goes, you're going to shit. He goes, I've been, you know, I, I can't do the low voice because, you know, I've been watching you throughout this dinner. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, he goes, can I tell you what I see? I went, sure. Oh, no. oh my. Can you imagine these people I just met? And he goes, you're so helpful. Like, you really like to help people. I've been seeing that. And I, he goes, you like to help people, right? You're, and I go, yeah. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm like conscious of, you know. Sure. I'm conscious of being kind, but I also have a spine and I also don't, I try not to at least get walked over. He yeah. goes, yeah, but you do it too much. He's like, you do it to a fault. Wow. Which, and I was like, okay, which, you know, it's funny. Whenever people say to a fault, I actually don't even think I know what that means. Like, even as I'm saying it, yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, you <laughs> know, like, okay, yeah. whose fault is it? Mine? Like, <laughs> fault goes, is it anyway. <laughs> he's like, do people take advantage of you sometimes? And uh, I go, yeah, I mean, not always, you know, I feel like people listening to this sometimes. 
I try to really not let that happen. Yeah. But I, I, I do get sucked into people's bullshit sometimes, Dan. You know that. Sure. Yeah. But I don't think like unusually so. I don't think you're a big mark. <laughs> well, I don't think so either. And I'm also quite outspoken. So watch like I have an anxiety attack talking about this. Story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, but then he like and he's like being really. But it's honestly at first I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, I was like, whatever. You can right, say right, that right. to me. I'm not. That's not offensive. But he kept like wanting to say things, but then being like, no. And what? I, and I was like, just say it. Like, what do you want to say to me? I mean, it's also, you met me fucking a half an hour ago, but like, yeah. what? This quiet guy who, by the way, worked in, I mean, I'll just say what he does. Fuck it. He works in firearms. That's what he does. I'm going to keep it big. Okay. okay right. Which you know how I feel about firearms. Not a huge fan yeah. uh, or a fan. In fact, someone recommended I buy this salt gun to kill flies because I have one fly named Denise that like lives in my apartment now. And I'm like, I can't kill Denise. Like Denise and I have like a relationship now. Denise is here. She's looking at me right now. I can't even like shoot a fly with salt. Like I don't want anything to do with guns. Right. So hold on. So. So he and he goes, I forgot what he said at one point, but he said to me at one point, like, and, you know, I have really worked on not being self-deprecating. Like I people still think I do it. And I'm always like, no, I actually don't really do it anymore. And the fact that you are thinking it means that you're actually yeah. thinking negatively of me. <laughs> do you get <laughs> yeah, where I'm coming from? Right, right, right. I, I I think I've actually become pretty good about not putting myself down. Or, you know, I talk about me being tall, but that's my experience, you know, or having whatever, being a tall woman. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, exactly. That's the body I live in. <laughs> right. Um, but long story short, and he was like, he said something at one point, it was very Mean Girls, where he was like, oh, do you not think you're pretty? Like, we think you're gorgeous. Do you not think you're pretty? What? Yes. That's and weird. I, and I stopped. And this was like, by the way, going on for... A while. Like, it wasn't just like a two minute. I'm I'm editing it because also I don't want to like read myself yeah. to filth here. But it was like a very weird thing. And I looked at my friend because I was like, I, I was like, who the fuck are these fucking Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, right. like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I go, oh, do you want to do you want to see me in a situation where I'm being pushed? Because it seems like you want to push me, actually. So I went. Yeah. I, so I said, I have to be very honest with you. I go, I actually think you're being incredibly rude right now. I said, I. Are you proud of me? I felt good about it. I was like, I yeah. actually think you're being rude. At first, I didn't mind it. Um, but you barely met me. I did not ask to be, like, psychoanalyzed by yeah, you. Yeah, right, right. Um, I don't even know you. I I feel like it's now gotten to a point where you're actually condescending. You're putting me down in a weird way. Uh, and yet, you're also not saying... It's like you're pretending to hold back or holding back, whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not into whatever this is. So I appreciate you, but this has to stop right now. But I said it, I was like pissed i was like i said it pretty much like that but i was well, just like right you know go on. yeah because there's a there's a way to like even communicate that nicely like oh you look really pretty or something like build somebody up without saying like what do you think you're ugly i don't think you're ugly like, no what? and they were like, like we think you're gorgeous <laughs> meanwhile not to be an asshole like i look great saturday night so I was well, like, yeah. no i actually am pretty. <laughs> Thank you. Like, do you want me it's like because you know it's a trap because if i say no i feel pretty tonight then it's like oh she thinks it's mean girl yeah so exactly it is so you think you're pretty so you right 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 you know, so the whole thing was so weird and I felt incredibly uncomfortable. And then because I'm me, your beloved podcast host, after this happened and I said, look, I'm I actually have to draw a boundary here because now you've actually turned rude and I don't like this. He would not look at me, Dan, the rest of the night. This weird little guy wouldn't make. And I kept saying, you know, because 
Dan, you know me. I kept yeah. being like, okay, are we, are we still fighting? I was like, I'm over it. Are we still fighting? <laughs> he wouldn't even oh, no. look at me. And I'm like, and because I do need to be loved, not by him, certainly, because he can actually go fuck off. And I actually hope he's listening. Um, <laughs> even when we said goodbye, he like, I was like, bye. You know, I'm so stupid. Yeah, right, like, right, right. So great meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> he like would barely, it was like, but I'm thinking you are clearly yourself. And the guy was 60 years old, by the way. Yeah. And one of my friends kept going, you know, sometimes she kept saying he he reads people. I'm like, is this Teresa Caputo? I go reading <laughs> right, people. Right, right, right. I also read people. I'm a professional <laughs> host. It's what I do for work. When I'm interviewing something, I also read them. Yeah. When I'm interviewing an asshole celebrity, do I go, can I say something to you? Like, why are you such a fucking prick? No, you would just, if he felt something for me, even though I was literally being incredibly sweet and funny and whatever else, you know? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? So then I find out afterwards because I'm thinking, what the fuck? Like, what? Right. What, what is happened? this deal? Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal? I find out that I hope I don't lose my friendships out of this telling this. I'm going to be honest with you because I didn't say names or anything. So you wouldn't know. and didn't even post a picture. So actually, you can't trace it back anywhere, which is great. <laughs> um, but I find out that he does this with every single person he meets. What? That he met my friend's. Uh, a relative of my friend, again, I'm keeping it vague, and told her to leave her husband, whom she has two children with. What? Yeah. He he goes in, and that the only other person who ever sort of, like, said, you're making me uncomfortable, later he was like, you know, I really didn't like that person. He's like a manipulator. He goes in and tries to wow. mentally fuck with people, but doing it under this guise of helpfulness. Like, yeah. I'm re- and, and the other friend kept going, which I actually was like getting annoyed. I, I love her, but I was like, stop saying that. Being like, well, you know what? He's just, when he starts to read someone and I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Like RuPaul's Drag Race? I'm like, read someone. Listen, the library is closed, honey. This library is closed. In a way, it was kind of fun because I was like, and, and let me be honest with you, there is nothing he could tell me that I do not know about myself already. Like right, I am right, right. so incredibly I think 97% self-aware. I'm sure, you know what I mean by that? Like, I know why I'm funny, my defense mechanisms. I know all about it. I (laughs) was listening to so many self-help books. When people ask me what I'm reading right now, I literally can't tell them because it's all like... (laughs) Great. No, I know. It's too embarrassing. I'm like, no, I don't. I actually don't read. (laughs) But um, I don't know how to read my whole, like, audible library, as you name it. But no, but I was just like... What the fuck? So this is something, this is like a tactic that this weird little guy does to people when he meets them. Dan, what that do you think? That sucks. That right? sucks. That's so annoying. Like, it is kind of freeing once, like, you're like, okay, this is just a crazy, rude person. Like, I don't have to, like, the, the, oh, right. the, the, the rails are off. <laughs> like, like we're not in a society anymore. And you yeah, can really just, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, like, give it to him. But that's amazing. I think I know, I, I think I've met more of that. Is that an East Coast thing? I feel like I've met older men on the East Coast more since like growing up here that are like that. They're like kind of reedy. Rude. Bitch. Yeah, it's very, very, like who asked for that? I don't know. Wait, and also, can I read you? Yeah. Speak the fuck up, first of all, huh? I right. can't what, you're saying. what are you talking about? Like, what is this weird? You know what I mean? And also, by the way, if this is your gift, get into psychotherapy, <laughs> go to college, read yeah. people right. professionally, right. don't sell ammunition to people, and then yeah. show up like Gollum and say, by the way, do people take advantage of you? I'm like, get the fuck yeah, out of exactly, here. Let me right. enjoy my rigatoni alla norma. I'm trying to have a nice time at dinner, you know? Like, I've already been made to feel 
like shit like 20 times this year. I don't need this fucking idiot coming in and like telling me. But also what was funny is that my my one friend who is the one Apparently he does this to her constantly, which I'm just okay. like, why do you talk? Yeah, to why? Do, yeah, why? <laughs> like cut them. You know what I mean? Right. But my one friend was like, um, and let me also add, if either of those friends are listening, I adore you. And it's <laughs> funny. Wait, let me actually tell you why this is funny, because I had no plans Saturday night. And I think they sort of invited me out of pity. I'm not kidding, because I was like, yeah, I'm like not doing anything like if you guys are free. <laughs> and they were like, oh, my God, they're going to love you. Funny thing is, the partner was very lovely. Hmm. And. We had a very warm goodbye. I, li- I liked him. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not holding it against really either of them because they're meaningless people to me. But it's like the whole night was just something. I was like, okay, podcast fodder. We got it. Thank yeah, you. Right. We call that fodcast podcast fodder. <laughs> or potter. I don't know. So Harry Fodder. So yeah, um, that was basically my Saturday night. But I thought it was funny that like I showed up. Oh no, but my other friend was like, it's good. Nobody ever, he makes so many people uncomfortable oh. and no one has ever stood up to him before I saw you do that tonight. Wow. To his face. And like, I don't think he knew how to handle it. That's why he shut down. He was, yeah, he was being incredibly rude. Right, right. You would think he would be able to just like apologize or, or like at least at the end of the night like hey sorry we got on the wrong track but I he had a did great say night sorry. blah 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 he did eventually pause and was like I really but even his sorry was like from cunty I was like okay thank you <laughs> sorry I also don't need yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's a good story though no I was like actually that's really funny it's a good story but also by the way like okay thanks you know when you ask me about like my life like when you before you <laughs> And by the way, may I also just say, he had no idea about me. If I actually had things in my past, which to me are traumatic, but if they were like criminally traumatic or things like that, maybe you should ask before triggering someone about their own (laughs) flaws. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's a dangerous it's like, game. It's psychotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Dan, can I say something? Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I kind of want him to call in, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, wait. Actually, you should read all of this. And, like, he's incredible. He has a reverse gift. He's actually so bad at it. <laughs> Have you checked our reviews lately? <laughs> oh, my There's God. like Every a little four-point like, oh, four font, like, quiet <laughs> review. <laughs> I'm like, Dan, can you even read these? I'm like, when I first met this man, can you imagine? I mean, meanwhile, whatever. I'm like, yeah, why don't you go polish your guns and leave them out of it? But listen, if they're listening, no hard feelings. If anything, it just made me kind of, I mean, I didn't say anything about them. I think that gives who they are away. I hope not, but except for his age and what he does. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. hope I didn't offend them. But honestly, like he should know what it how it made me feel <laughs> right. as someone who was enjoying. Wait, I forgot the best part. What? I forgot the best part, Dan. <laughs> You're gonna shit. Five of us at dinner, we each yeah. had the same amount of wine and food. Go on. You're gonna fucking die. Check comes. We all get our cards out. I'm holding yeah. my Chase Sapphire Reserve. <laughs> they put one card down and go divide it four ways. It's five of us. They're a couple. What? Because I had already had my little moment with them. Yeah. And honestly, oh. because I had, and also because I had also mentioned that I was of the Jewish faith. <laughs> I didn't, that's real. That's a okay. real thing. Jewish so people listening, no. I can't can, say anything. Oh, boy. I would rather lose 40, they said. Bucks. They said divide it four ways? The nicer one said four ways, right? And what? these girls... 
That's crazy. He's not nice. He's like weird. He's they're assholes. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, the girls who have known them, like I see, I, it wasn't my place to say anything. I was like, I will literally choke on this money. Uh, um, and they're younger than me. They're artists, right. and they had to choke down all the money to pay for wow. this fucking meal. What? Yeah. How about you That's, read the check instead of reading yeah, exactly, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> read a calculator. <laughs> That like is crazy. Did, did they do the tip or anything? Like that's that's just insane. Anyway, look, I, people, you can't see me. My nostrils are touching the Zoom camera. No, <sighs> we split it evenly four ways. I immediately knew because you know, listen, I've got a seven forty on my math SATs. You don't fuck with me in a check. All right, that's the only thing I know how to do. They, um, yeah, they just they were, and I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And also, I was like, wow. okay, so they're just like garbage, weird. People we are that have somehow found each yeah. other. I mean, God bless that they found each other and are engaged. <laughs> like, and whatever. you and I are like out there. I know. Maybe we should stop getting taken advantage of, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know what that reminds me of? That guy I just had a memory on Seinfeld when Elaine dated the bad breaker upper. And he was like, all right, big head. And she's like, that's <laughs> right. all you got? And then it's like all she could think about. I'm like, am I too nice? Anywho. <laughs> I'm nice. Meanwhile, I call everybody a motherfucker under my mask. Yeah, right, right. right. I'm, I'm so on edge in New York. Every time people cut me off, I'm like, motherfucker. But like, no one can see me. Um, well, listen, Dan, I uh, I have to tell you something. I'm really glad I shared that. I, yeah. I debated. I was like, should I talk about it? Because it's also like, you know, I mean, it, I'm not joking you. My friends, I think, were much more upset about it than I was. Because like, I'm being real. Because I Well, it's like embarrassing. You don't know how yeah. you're taking it either. So it's like... Uh, yeah, it's it's really uncomfortable. I'm, let me tell you something. 40 years of being alive has yeah. basically turned me into a wonderful person who's just like over it very easily, <laughs> weirdly. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm learning just to move past things so quickly, right. which has been wonderful for me. But like literally the next morning, I actually forgot it happened. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. What a funny thing to happen. And I was proud that I stood up for myself because yeah. I wasn't going to, and then I was pushed too far, but they both sent me texts like, oh my gosh, we would never want to put you in a situation where like you're uncomfortable. And I was like, oh my God, I already literally forgot, but <laughs> you're, you're sweet to check in, but we're right, all good. Right. You know? That's nice. So yeah, a little fodder for the show. So thank you. <laughs> you just hear a gunshot. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> it's just long, like, almost, like long shotgun barrels around 40 minutes of silence. Yeah. Um, it's a salt gun. Dan, I, I adore you. I'm excited to see you tonight, Danny. Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. We will be back with our guests. I'm excited for our guests. Long time coming. Here they are. Oh my God, I'm so excited. This episode for me has been a long time coming. This is like when Mariah Carey did Watch What Happens Live for me. Like same level of anticipation. <laughs> I'm so That's too excited. bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my life is, is, is horrible. Um, my guests today are two of the funniest. I, I feel like the word iconic is meaningless now. Like it's been used so, so, so much. We need a new word for iconic. I think yeah. we need to crack that on today's episode. But they host um, a phenomenal podcast called Keep It, which is top of the charts. You also have, I'm always jealous of like your artwork, like everything always looks so professional with you guys. It's really exciting. And um, Lewis is a writer on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Ira, I have to hear about what's happening. He moved 
<laughs> he moved. You're working on a million things. We're going to talk all about it. Uh, follow them at Louis Vertel and at Ira the Third. I adore them both. Ira Madison and Louis Vertel. Guys, a treat. I mean, your, your, right. your listeners do not need to be told that you're one of the funniest people who ever lived. I mean, no. what, what, truly what somebody where if I run into you somewhere or see you like I have to prepare to be exhausted from laughing <laughs> as, as in like bodies shouldn't have to sustain what I sustain while I'm around you. You know, what's funny about what you just said that I have friends who we make each other laugh so much that it's like a once a year hang because afterwards I feel like 127 hours I'm like I can't move like I'm too tired from laughing I hate that I do that to you oh, speaking no. of running into you I think the last time one of the last times I did was when I did the Wendy Williams show yes remember we just run into each other like right outside the studio in New York Can were we you talk- at Rachel Ray I was at Rachel Ray yes where they were like don't Oh, my God. The Rachel Ray story is really funny. Well, you know, I love Wendy. I want to talk to you about Wendy, actually. But when I went to Rachel Ray, they were like, Rachel's dog just died. Whatever you do, do not say woof. Do not say pop. Don't say bark. Like, don't say anything that's going to remind her of dogs. And I went, of course, I was there to talk like Oscar predictions. So I walk out to set. I sit next to her. and I'm like, hey, I'll go. Oh, my gosh. It's so great to see you. How are you? She immediately is like, my dog's dead. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. She was like crying. Oh Lord. How did you find Rachel, Ira? Rachel? I'm I didn't meet Rachel. Oh, you were going into Wendy when I went into it. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I was on Wendy and then I we just I did not know they had the same studio. So next door. Yeah, next door. And then I just saw you in the wild. And Wendy was fun though. I fucking, you know that I am a Wendy stan. I will always, I, I hope I these words don't come back to haunt me, like when they find her like mind camp first edition or something, but I will always <laughs> defend Wendy. <laughs> I will always defend Wendy. I love her. Uh, when she, I, when the woman goes viral, it's never, it's like, you, you couldn't have predicted what she will say. I mean, there really is an explosive nature to, like she's something that like maybe the movie network predicted, you know, like yes. real, like scary ultimately. But usually viral because someone's dead. Or she says she wants them dead. She loves us. She loves a segue. She loves mm-hmm. a segue into, by the way, shout out to Kim Cattrall, whose brother died this week. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want Sex in the City this weekend? <laughs> the segues between announcing someone's death is always a beautiful thing for Wendy. I remember seeing you and being, and also like, we don't know each other that well, Ira, because I feel like we sort of missed each other when I lived in LA a little bit, but I adore, I'm like a big fan. And I just remember being like excited for you because to me, she's someone who, we don't have any Wendy's left. Someone who's working, still on the air, who is not afraid to say whatever she wants to say and is really not afraid of the fallout from it. Kind of that's what made her, you know? Well, she's yeah. also like a throwback to that era of like, I, I, I'm not comparing her character to this person, but just like Morton Downey Jr. Like things oh. being out of control on a talk show. Like, actually, I'm unsafe here. Who was the audience members? Like, this should be illegal, you know. I feel like it's also because she comes from that era of like talk radio. I mean, to call her like shock jock would be wild, but like that's sort of what she did. And then the transition to TV she sort of just talks like she's still doing her radio show back then. Um, but now it's broadcast to so many more people. 
She's the only person I think who can hold, like imagine watching the Today Show and there being a 30 second long silence between Hoda and Savannah. People would be yes. like, what yes. the fuck is going on? <laughs> she she will... is so good at a silence. Yes. She will just <laughs> say something and then go, hmm. And she'll be thinking the audience is enraptured and then she'll talk again. It's a that's a real gift. And I just I hope she's well. I feel like she's someone who I just want good things to happen to her, even though obviously she's had an incredible life. But um, I, yeah, I just want her to be happy. I don't know. She's vaping, you know. She? All right. Yeah. Yeah. She's she was, I think, caught vaping recently by the paparazzi. So. I think when you're vaping, you're you're doing okay. I love right. when she's a caught on a date. That's my favorite. When they're like, Wendy on a date, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see who Wendy's dating. Like, I'm very into the whole, I'm into her personal life a little bit because I feel like she's had some rough luck. Well, I mean, the husband, for mm. one. I think we talked about it, Lewis, when we saw that Wendy Williams biopic on Lifetime. Oh, yeah. Did mm-hmm. not get enough into, like, the darkness of her marriage, I think. I think it was like, we're going to gloss through this and give her a positive story. But that marriage, everything we saw in the news is just dark. Very dark. Also, she's the one who like emerged from rehab and was like, I have a friend who's a cab driver now and stuff. It was giving me um, classic Elizabeth Taylor, like yes. the friend, like the, the Fortensky situation. Yeah, I was loving that. I just talked about the Fortensky thing in the writer's room I'm in right now. And we were fascinated by the money she left him in the will. Uh, I think it was just like eighty grand, maybe eight hundred thousand or Wait, something. Who is but this? she had, um her last husband. Yeah, you know, you know the uh the, the, the construction worker she met in rehab, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, go on. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this at all. Oh, yeah. The la- her last marriage. And okay. like just it, he sort of was rolled into like historically now he's rolled into the like Joey Buttafucos of the world. Like, mm-hmm. how did this person get famous? He's like a working whatever, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. I love that. Yeah, but he was apparently one of the last calls that she made when she was, like, going to the hospital. Like, they talked every day on the phone, I suppose. So he was in her will. I saw and story. he got a big settlement when they divorced, too. Well, good. I'm all for people getting dead people's money. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Like, they're not even there. You know, and I do want to talk about um, Erica Jane, by the way, because I know that there's going to be some hot opinions uh, amongst mm. these guests. I was reading on the Daily Mail today. It was like one. And, you know, I know I read the Daily Mail, even though it is it is as though, like, truly like hell is like, let's publish a paper. Let's just publish a paper. <laughs> no, it, it's like it's like if Hitler wrote the E News ticker. Yes, I, I there's something <laughs> soothing about the Daily Mail telling me that Hillary Duff walked into um, Galston's wearing a halter top and sensible jeans. They always <laughs> describe the outfit. The outfit perfectly is described, and I love it. And now we're going to get into celebrities taking their children to pumpkin patches. That, yes. that month. That's my favorite month of the year, seeing all of like Mario Lopez at the patch. I can't wait. I love the Daily Mail, but they had a, one of the top stories was like some guy who was in Harry Potter and I'm not a Harry Potter person, I will admit, like left his wife, I think $120,000. And I'm like, why is that even, I don't know this man. Why is this something that anyone should know? Or It's like so personal. Like, okay, that's not even that much money. Like what? I didn't, I didn't understand it. I thought it was like, I thought like someone who worked at the paper was like related to him. I was like, I have a scoop. He left her 120 grand, you know? Wait till they get a hold of celebrities' Venmo accounts. Oh, shit. Oh, right. 
No, wait, wait is the I da- would love to see. Is the Daily Mail the one where they stretch an article to like nine paragraphs and put like ten pictures in it too? Yeah, I, lo- I love yes. that. Oh, I love the yes. scroll down of a Daily Mail. Yes, article. Rita Ora stepped out in a scantily clad bikini top, and then that's the entire article. But there's nine paragraphs about Rita Ora's past and past articles yes. to yes. make sense for there being an article. It's the only time I ever am in the paper anymore when anything about The View comes up and they're like, past toasts include colon. I'm like, I made the Daily Mail. (laughs) 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 Past toasts include. That should be the name of this podcast right here. But anywho, um, so I I will give them all the credit in the world. I I do. I hate myself for loving them as much as I do. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about Erica Jane and maybe a hint of Potomac? Because I know you guys are invested uh, Ira story. is. I actually, I actually don't watch uh, Housewives, but I'm, I'm, I'm witness to Ira's love for Housewives. May I ask, Louis, before we dig in, why are you not a Housewives guy? Like, is there? I know you're a game show guy, which I want to talk to you about as well. But mm-hmm. why not the Housewives? You know what? Inter- my reality TV is always competitions. I want like grudge matches between house sitters and models, you know, like that's what I re- like. Big I want brother. Big brother and you know uh, the challenge occasionally, things like that, but. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like I've missed so much that to catch up is like yeah. painful, you know, but I, I did initially very much understand Bethany. I understood like a sniperish one-liner queen, but now I understand she's like, come at me about my transphobia or something. So anyway, everything's all wrong with her. Well, I think uh, you can be hangry and then you can be, um, I'm th- what would rhyme with like, and just you know, you can be hangry and then you, there has to be a pun for like having so little food that you go so far <laughs> off the deep end of thought. You know what I mean? That's like her constantly. That's her. <laughs> like if your brain isn't being fed, you're going to say shit and not even realize. And I, and I'm not uh, shaming people who don't eat. I don't even know. Can we say that? I don't know who I'm shaming. I know someone's going to get pissed <laughs> by what I just said. And I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want to piss off the hangry because they will fucking come. <laughs> Their fingers are pitchforks. They don't even need to hold pitchforks. <laughs> they have them attached <laughs> to their bodies. I, I love how your point of view is your Bethany's high school guidance counselor. Like she's, she's not eating enough. Don't listen to what she said. Well, no, she's, I did, I did her talk show actually a hundred years ago. Um, and I forget, I was on a panel. Like, the show. wow, that's history. I was on the Bethany show. Yes, sir. I think <laughs> once, maybe twice. And her whole thing, I never understood why people like us who are warm, loving, funny people are on podcasts and people who are like, hi, who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? Uh-huh. And what are you selling? Yeah. And and that, like, you go on her show and you feel like in um, Bonnie and Clyde, like the bullets are just hitting you. You're like, okay, <laughs> like, it's too many questions. Like, please let me connect with you. Stop yelling at me. Flop you know? out, of the did, car, out of the ground. She did our <laughs> podcast. And oh, she did. Yeah. She oh, did. Shit. And Lewis asked a very simple question. A very simple question that was, Hey, I've seen you, you know, like you had an interesting story about how you had a friendship with Sia and it was unexpected. Are there any other like celebrities who you would be shocked, who we would be shocked that you have formed a unexpected, you know, friendship with? This led to her rattling off every celebrity in her phone. It was fully, we didn't start the fire, like hundreds of names in a row. And, uh, oh and uh, Ricky Martin and, uh, you know, uh, Mark Cuban. And uh, 
that's like, but, it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all close friendships, I guess. She like, uh, it, she was losing the thread. Like she had forgotten the question and was simply lost in a vortex of names. <laughs> it was like the in, her own in memoriam, basically, except people yes. were alive. <laughs> um, why do we bring Bethany up? There was a point to this story. Oh, how oh, Erica Jane is. And Erica Jane. I mean, I'll be honest. Erica for me is not far off of that Bethany spectrum of somebody who I've never liked because, and I do think Bethany is funny. I will say, I cannot say the same for Erica. Bethany's clever. She, mm-hmm. and you're right about those one-liners. She did add a lot to the show, 100%. To me, Erica, I find her, she's like the Stevie Wonder hologram at the Celine Dion concert. Like, she's just not, <laughs> do you guys get where I'm going with this? <laughs> you guys follow. No, but she's just like not real. Like, she's so, um, always the walls were always so, so, so high. And now that there's actually something super personal that's being discussed on the show that she can't supposedly, which I can understand, talk about. It's been, for me, very interesting watching her have these meltdowns because she's clearly dying to say shit and she just can't. And it's, it's so I love contrived. It. I mean, it's, it's, it's so riveting, but it's, you're true. She said nothing on the show for, for years. She was the kind of woman who was just very stone-faced, uh, and if you got into a conflict with her, um, her immediate response would sort of be like, shut the fuck up. Don't ever call me a liar again. And then like just barks it in a way that the other housewives were like afraid of her um, because these are the white women on Beverly Hills. Uh, yes. Erica Jane would not last on any other franchise oh. talking to people the way that she talks to them. Please put uh, her in Potomac <laughs> for me and all the fans. You know, Potomac, they're my favorite girls of any. Yeah. We don't deserve them. They're they top tier. They're the top best. tier. They're comedians. They're actresses. They're everything. They're gorgeous. She, they're um, funny. They bring the drama. It's like a treat and a pleasure to watch them continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. But this season, because of the Tom Girardi um, scandal, now you're getting a lot of tearful moments from her you're getting a lot of personal stories that sound absolutely bonkers nuts mad Uh, libs mad libs like (laughs) i you know lewis give me a noun wait let's try to do erica jane mad libs this is uh improvised so i don't know if i'm smart enough to like actually do this not now. Well, we have to go with pumpkin in in uh for mario lopez pumpkin for mario give me a verb uh dash this is genius and uh, dash isn't a verb. I was thinking dashboard, IRL, like car flipped over. And um, <laughs> what else do you, and give me a person's name. I don't know. What's uh, that? Kathy. Mm. Like, mm. well, my friend Kathy actually dashed her skull right into a <laughs> pumpkin at the patch. And she, like every, every, this really, this really wasn't great. This wasn't great. And it needs work. The game needs work. But it just, she picks things out of a hat. And then tells her son, who, by the way, I thought, what is with her son? What does he even look like? I've never seen her son. So her son is a police officer. Right. Uh, We've never seen him, but we did first hear about him when um, Eileen Davidson made some comment about um, her son. In Vegas or something? In Vegas. And she was like... um, Shut the fuck up. You don't know what I go through every night. <laughs> no, it's like, and then that's shut how we found out her son's a police she officer <laughs> and she's afraid of him dying. I don't know. Okay, um, the twist is he is hot. I did Google him. Oh, he's what hot. You know? Okay. He's hot. Yeah. 
you know, you put anyone in that uniform, I hate to say it, because obviously a cab, yes. but, you know. Is he still <laughs> hot after his car flipped over um, 10 times in the snow? I would have miseried him and been like, you're going to write me a book about your mom <laughs> and like and your dad and all the things they did. Uh, Tom Girardi. I saw Harry Dubin yesterday. What do we think? Do we care about Oh, wow. That? I see him everywhere. Oh, wow. He's, you know what? We have a term in Yiddish, Malachimovis, which means the angel of death. And my mother would always <laughs> use it in the context of, we had an, a creepy neighbor. He's now long dead. But we had a creepy neighbor named Mr. Burroughs who would show up and my mother would go, oh, Malachimovis, Malachimovis, whenever he would appear. And I feel like, um, that's Harry. Like he just pff, like smoke, boom, Harry. At every party event, I was at the Regency, of course, where he like mm-hmm. haunts like Phantom of the Opera. He was there. Um, yeah, that's not really Lewis. Harry Dubin is um, the ex husband of a former um, Real Housewife of New York, uh, Aviva Drescher, mm-hmm. but appeared on the show before that because uh-huh. he has slept with nearly every woman in the cast. Everyone except Leah, and that's it. Who's the other? um, What's uh, Ebony? Ebony, Obviously, yes. Slept slept with all of them, and so he's. Whenever he reappears, it's sort of like, I mean, you get this in like the gay world. It's just is a person who like is constantly will pop up at a party, and you're sort of like, he slept with everyone I know. He's not particularly that hot. He's not particularly that interesting. He's just very wealthy. Um, but all of them are obsessed with him only because I think of the proximity of him being an available man in New York who just goes to events. There's no question. Mm. Although I'm going to say something horrible about him. I do think he would pleasure a woman for hours at a time. I could see him being a giver in a way that, in my opinion, is why these women are addicted to him. Can I say something though, Michelle? Yeah. I feel like you... Uh, something I'm very interested in about you is the men you single out as hot just generally. Yeah. I feel like you, you're good at pointing out like, I, f- I forget who it was somebody on Twitter once upon a time. Like you made me think I, I I'm just going to throw a name out. It's probably yeah. wrong. Rob Delaney. Like you're like, well, oh, Rob I think he's probably, that's what I wouldn't have talking- tweeted that. I wouldn't have tweeted that. Cause I know him, but yeah. now that you said yeah. it, yeah, obviously. Right. But yes, <laughs> but like if so- someone like him, I'm like, Oh, you're oh, right. Yeah. He is hot or like sexy oh. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I was just in England for the summer and mainly mm. because I find Englishmen very hot as a rule. Even when they're like decrepit, I will find yeah. something to like. Um, and now coming back to New York, it's been honestly very difficult for me. I'm being real to adjust to how every single person on the Upper West Side looks like a bridge troll. And it's really, I hope none of them are fans. It's been very hard for me. Boys. I'm just putting it out there. Thoughts on that. I thought you were still there. No, I'm in New York. This is my staircase to my room. You know, I was like, I you seem to be in London for a long time. I was there for so, three months, yeah. Oh, no, wow. I always mm. say about like British celebrities, even the ones that have no reason to be funny or sophisticated or whatever, have something. Like Robert Pattinson, why are you funny? You know? Jamie like, Dornan. These, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Dornan, Dornan right. is so funny so fucking funny that frankly if he wasn't I'd be like he's too hot like he's just so gorgeous that you're like fuck this guy like no I lived in LA I knew those gorgeous guys like go you know I'm so I'm like go fuck yourself when you're hot like that and then he's funny and I'm like have let me have one of your children let me give you half an egg like on a in a in a hole egg in a hole I would love that um but I brought that up not only to talk about um my incredible eye and my um how I'm an esthete is that how you say that 
I wanted to talk about game shows because now that I have indulged in Housewives with Ira, I think it's only fair to indulge game shows with Lewis, who of course. I've been thinking about you a lot, Lewis, and you don't know this, but um, I fell into a classic game show when I was in London every day. I mean, I had my routine down to a science where I would do my show, um, time difference ending at three, have a little bite. I would watch Tipping Point, which oh, is fuck yes. the fucking best. It's the most meditative, wonderful show. And I love it. And the host is phenomenal. And then I would watch The Chase. And there oh, was yeah. one. Oh, and there was one channel actually in uh, the challenge channel that would just show the chase 24 hours. They have a Judge Judy channel and a challenge channel. And I was in heaven. Heaven. And you were on the American chase. Yes, which they've since brought it back in prime time with Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter and James Holtower. But yes, I was on GSN's version in 2013 with uh, Brooke Burns as the host. And I was up against Mark Labette, who is the beast in uh, uh, the the UK chase. Yeah. Who has now gotten very slim, by the way. Have you seen him lately? Yes. Yeah. Very slim. As in when when I met him in person, he's also so I'm like six one. And when I got my like victory photo with him, he was at least four inches taller than I was. Wow. And and like I barely fit in the photo. He he was like a real like a one of those like refrigerator type dudes. Yeah. And now he's like trim and wears suspenders and looks, you know, like barbershop oh. quartet. Why does that always happen? When big guys lose weight, they become like steampunk. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing they like buy top hats and you're right and those like weird hats it's like uh. right yeah they drive like a three-wheeled bicycle and stuff yeah (laughs) like you (laughs) and then you were of course on jeopardy and so i want to talk to you about jeopardy and the jeopardy culture and ira I'm, i'm curious are you a trivia person at all ira i do like trivia so trivia is a thing that i am good at if it is my topic Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis, Lewis knows trivia for many things because he was locked in a closet as a child just to read encyclopedias. <laughs> so cute. Mm-hmm. By the way, baby That's- Lewis Vertel is enough to make me get pregnant tonight. Like thinking of you as a little boy, <laughs> right? And actually you too, Ira, look how cute you are. Like the two of you as kids, I'm like, actually we have Aww. to end the podcast. I gotta go. <laughs> There's a carnival cruise ship docking as we speak. I gotta get on board. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what you think. It was me sitting in front of a DOS computer with like Jeopardy games from 1989 on it. Oh. And yeah. Which is why if we knew knowledge. each other then, oh. we'd probably solve mysteries. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. so but, sweet. Yes. What were we going to say? Uh, what, what game shows are for me are what soaps are for Ira. It's like it's where we diverge, oh. but there's like a mutual respect for each other's favorite genre. I was never yeah. a soap opera girl, but I did love... I wrote a, uh, I won actually my 4-H speech in the fourth grade about wanting to be like the first female game show host. And oh. I'm 40 now. It hasn't happened. But you know what they say? Don't give up hope as they're lowering me into the ground. Don't give up hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they By say? By the way, there still have been only like five female game show hosts. It's like Meredith Vieira, Betty White hosted one in the 80s. That's yeah, right. We have um, Liza Koshy on Double Dare, Ann Robinson on The Weakest Link, uh, Victoria Corn Mitchell on Only Connect. And that's like, there's Elizabeth not Banks. Um, oh, on Press Your Luck, yes. On Press Your Luck. Uh, my friend Sarah Haynes is doing The Chase now, which good for her. But yes. they're trying to... Leslie make- Jones. Oh, Jones on Supermarket Sweep. Sweep. Uh, yes. Jane Lynch is hosting um, one the of the Hollywood Link. game nights. And, and you cannot nice. forget Ellen's game of games, Lewis. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the, Lewis. But the, which is well, when I when I tuned in that show, it's like Devil in the White City. Like you just fall down a chute and you're killed or something. It's so crazy. 
<laughs> some of those real Squid Games. Ellen is Squid Game. That she should have hosted Squid Game. It Can you imagine? So obvious now. Yes. Yes. With all her writers, there's like Andy and uh, what's her name? Amy. She's adorable. Anyway. Oh, Amy uh, Rhodes. Yes, Amy I Rhodes. Love her. Yes. Genius. Yeah, we love Amy. Um, Chuck Woolery is someone I 100% had a crush on growing up. And never forget also the funniest Martin episode when Shanae went on Love Connection. We can talk about it later. Yes, but yes, <laughs> one of the yes. absolute funniest <laughs> things in the world. Uh, my favorite show, by the way. But um, it's a shame what happened to that Chuck Woolery. I mean, I know. It, that it couldn't be any worse. Yeah. Kills me. I can't. Because <laughs> I famously had a sex dream about him when I worked at Best mm. Week Ever, uh, where he took me from behind and I showed up to work <laughs> the next day and I said, Hey, I worked with. Um, Alex Blagg, who I'm sure you know, and this guy, Bob Kestron, who I love. And I went, uh, I had, meanwhile, I didn't get fired for saying this, but I was like, I had a, a dream last night where Chuck Woolery took me from behind. And they laughed and laughed. And then weeks later, I found out that Alex Blagg started a blog called Chuck Woolery took me from behind.blogspot.com. And I'm like, and you didn't tell me? You stole my Chuck Woolery sex dream? And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, shady. I call shade on that. Wait, stole it. Uh, it what, was, what was the blog about? Literally, yeah, right. I don't what even was there know. to I... explore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, daily blogs about Chuck Rollery taking him from <laughs> Honestly, I would have read that. Um, never also forget, and this brings it back to Jeopardy, when uh, Mama from Mama's family went on Jeopardy and yeah. with Alex Trebek. And I'm thinking like, that's like a, the, I mean, I fucking love Mama's family, by the way. Another show the that way Mama's no family had a hold on me. And when I say hold on me, like, I think that Mama's Family in Milwaukee would air at, like, 3 a.m. <laughs> and the way that sometimes I'm, like, summers, like, of high school, you would just, like, stay up and you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch Mama's Family at 3 a.m. I had a show like that, too, funny enough, which I used to, I had the worst high school schedule because I would basically stay, I'd go to bed at, like, 10 I'd wake up at 4 or maybe I would even stay up till 4 that's what it is I would watch Perfect Strangers they would show reruns this was in 1998 um Bronson Pin show I think to this day still hot as shit by the way Google him was oh, hot yeah. then hot now and so funny I know he's like completely nuts but very funny and then I would watch Parker Lewis Can't Lose. They would show, wow. I think, on USA reruns. And that was another guy I had a huge crush on. And I would, like, literally watch Parker Lewis, feel crazy, sleep for, like, two hours, go to school, fail statistics because my teacher thought my name was Colleen. I'm like, sir, my last name is Collins, but he didn't know that. And then... <laughs> Sir. And then Imagine would, addressing a teacher as sir. Go on. Yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> then would go home, fall asleep from 3 p.m. to like 9. That's what I would do. I would sleep like a, a New York City cabbie for like six <laughs> hours in the afternoon, wake up, eat breakfast, which was like schnitzel for my mother, and then do it every night. And honestly, I miss those days. Those were the it was I do. prime. So fun. No, by the way, a, a lot of my prime like TV viewing of like classic things happened yeah. before school. Like I would watch, there was a time when A Different World was on TBS every day. <gasps> and I know I I've seen every episode of that, and I also have seen every episode of One Day at a Time because of that. Oh, mm. I never Melrose, Melrose at nine hundred two one zero used to air on like Soapnet before high school, so that was the only Soapnet. thing that got me up at like seven, ironing my clothes for school, eating breakfast, and watching Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. 
I love we, the crime syndicate sounding nature of Soapnet. Like, don't they seem like <laughs> the major foe in like a lesser Bond movie? <laughs> like, do are kids waking up early now to watch Ted Lasso? I mean, what are what do kids do right. now? There's no. Let's talk. I, I did want to talk about Jeopardy with you at some point, but I do want to bring up the state of comedy as a genre because it sort of stems. Lewis and I were talking before is we started here about late night because you're a writer on Kimmel and Ira. Are you working on Q Force? Well, Q-Force just finished. It's okay. airing now. I'm currently writing on Darren Starr's new show, Uncoupled. Oh, excuse me. I yes. do love a bit of Darren Starr. That's very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm starring Neil Patrick Harris. So oh, we do love a bit of NPH. And by the way, that recent feud he had with Mayim Bialik, I can honestly say was 100% on Neil's side in that. And I just yes. want the world to know what kind of a psychopath, and I know she's about to be the Jeopardy host, see it all connects, Mayim Bialik, <laughs> what kind of a psychopath doesn't stand up when your friend is on stage? It doesn't matter if he literally sucked, horrible, you hated it, stand your fucking ass up. I mean, she's usually wrong. I agree. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I agree. Bring back the blossom look for her. Mm. <laughs> Just a lot of hats. Necktie skirt. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, if she would show up, I'll tell you something. And by the way, I actually have no beef against her. I kind of find it funny to like talk shit about her because she's just like this smart actress, whatever. But um, who has definitely like said some things I don't agree with. However, uh, I would forgive all if she showed up looking like Blossom on day one set. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. This bitch is so stupid. We love her. We love her. <laughs> and also, there is a slight meritocracy vibe to the fact that I think of the guest host, she, I don't know if she was the best one, but she was like in the top tier. So it's like if it had to go to one of them, if, they, okay. if that was an actual search that Mike was conducting, like that's mm-hmm. nice. <gasps> that Mike, that shit that happened with him. I mean, ha- talk about fucking yourself so far over truly get, like wanting too much and then getting fucked. It's a lesson. It's like a Greek tragedy almost. Yeah, no, Aesop, right. Mm. Yeah, Icarus, okay? Mm. Yeah, there it is, there it is. (laughs) Those wings, how they do melt. Uh, So wait, how is LA these days? Oh, I wanted to talk about the state of comedy, though, because I do feel, and the both of you are writing on comedies, and you're two of the Mm -hmm. funniest people I know. How are we feeling about comedy these days? Just a general question. You don't have to answer it if you don't feel comfortable. Where are we at? I mean, I'll say this, I mean... If we're talking about like the Emmy for Best Comedy, for example, and we had Schitt's Creek last year and then Ted Lasso this year, yeah. I do feel like we're in a space where people would love to be t- told they're doing a good job. And that counts as comedy nowadays, as That's in right. like the viewers at home are like having tears in their eyes about being stressed all the time. And they just want to feel like there's a good person somewhere. And that's like a big part of comedy for them now. Meanwhile, it's like, can you just have like, good friends who are cool people. Like, can we like get back to just funny is funny and not this really restored my relationship with my father or whatever you got out of Ted Lasso. Where are the jokes? I just started watching it. That is what I think about the state of comedy. Where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? There are no jokes. There are no punchlines. There aren't characters who are funny. I I think we've gotten to a place too where there's a lot of characters who are sort of quote unquote relatable. Uh, But that in turn doesn't mean that they're drawn in a three-dimensional way. Even like a dumb character on a sitcom, like a Joey Tribbiani. Yeah. Uh, and they made him much dumber as it went on. 
is funny and felt three-dimensional because you got enough jokes to sort of shade out who his character was. Now, so many characters, like, I can't place who they are as a person at all. Well, people, I mean, friends, I actually, you know, I'm a Seinfeld girl, but I also am not the kind of Seinfeld person that goes, friends wasn't funny. Friends was funny. Hated mm-hmm. the Marcel years, but friends, when you read the pilot for friends, I always say this, the amount of jokes that come flying at you, literally every second line is a joke. So there mm-hmm. were, there was cadence, there was timing, pattern, everything. I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, I was talking to Dan earlier that I just started watching Ted Lasso yesterday and I have been putting it off because I just know with shows like that that I'm going to watch and like seethe. And I wasn't in a seething place, you know, but I felt <laughs> mm-hmm. seethy yesterday. I was like, I'm going to seethe a little bit. And honestly, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not, I have not laughed one time. It's, it's just enjoyable. Like, f- enjoyable. Like yeah, it, definitely more. enjoyable. Yeah. Definitely enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. But I think that the thing about a sitcom too, especially like if you're writing one, um, the classic sitcoms, like you, oh. you get a fun storyline if you're just like, okay, we're going to put these two characters together That's in right. a storyline and you know what jokes are going to come, you know how they're going to be interacting in a situation. You could put multiple people from like Ted Lasso into a scene together and I don't know what you're going to get. What? Literally, what do you get? <laughs> I think back to the great show Car 54, Where Are You? Which I told you about. (laughs) One of the funniest shows. And this is another thing growing up where we had channels where, like, I don't even think you can stream it, maybe on Amazon, but what was amazing about just having like normal terrestrial TV is that you could discover, Mm -hmm. much like walking into a bookstore or a record store, things that I would have, like, when would I have ever watched as a kid Car 54 if it wasn't on Nick at Night or whatever it was, and discovering that, the Munsters, like, all of these, really any show with Fred Gwynn is is where I draw the line, but (laughs) I love Fred Gwynn. But you know what Uh, I mean? My cousin Vinny, yes, right, go ahead. Oh, forget it. Uh, But just shows that were classically funny, and I always think back to Looney Tunes. Kids are not watching Looney Tunes these days. Looney Tunes, for me, was my foundation of funny. Timing, Hmm. jokes, the music, the energy of it was always very funny to me and it still is a little bit of Sesame Street too I'll put that in there but um, meanwhile you're like you're an idiot <laughs> I'm looking at no, you the, they're the, not the looking jo- at the me jo- the, the jokes on Sesame Street I'm giving you Italian hands right yeah, now they're that good. Sesame Street I ate up Sesame Street same less so the, less so the songs even as a musical person um, when like the guests would come and like do a little song like that makes you feel good that's cute but yeah. I always thought Sesame Street had jokes that hit no, That's they were. No, it was but, funny, but they yeah. did have things like like Aaron Neville doing the Moon Song and Madeline Kahn with Grover singing a song. And oh, wait, what's that guy? Luis singing uh, "Sing" by the Carpenters. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Give me a punchline that ends in the Cookie Monster just ravaging a cookie. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here laughing. for it every time. <laughs> a more modern uh, sketch that I'm calling it sketches now. I'm like, have you seen this latest sketch from Sesame Street? Um, but the one, no, the one I always think of, it's one of my favorite ones where, and say what you will about him. He can be funny here and there. Ricky Gervais, listen, funny, mm-hmm. you know, fine. Uh, but he was singing to Elmo and every time they cut back, he had different eyes. Like they kept making <laughs> Elmo's eyes, swapping them for crazier, crazier, more tired eyes. I've said this on the podcast before. I will reiterate to the new listeners. If you want to have a good laugh today, find the wiki page for Muppet Eyes. You will have the time of your fucking life. 
they show you all the different eye shapes on the Muppets and like some that have like eye bags under it. I mean, I truly <laughs> faint from laughter. But going back to that and today, it's like now, it's like, I guess TikTok, there are some things, but it's just mindless. I'm like, no yeah. thought involved. And I guess my fear is as a joke teller and boys, same to you. Is there, I mean, are we, is it like are robots taking over? Are robots going to take over my job? It's you know, possible. It's not even robots. It's not even robots. I think just like, you know, also, you, a lot of people work in comedy who just aren't funny now. And it's like, you don't have to know how to tell jokes anymore. Are you looking you at know? me? You're, yeah. I'm looking <laughs> Again, directly at you, Michelle. I, my eyes are, I'm like the uh, Squid Game doll about to go ape shit. Yes. A I just lot started of watching people. that last night and what I've already think? had nightmares. Really? I love it. I love it. So I good. love it. I just started. I love it. No, it's, look at me. That's the thing. I keep turning now. I'm like, you know what? I should get into French cinema. I'm like, maybe the French are funny. <laughs> I'm like, what's going to make me laugh? Yeah. I think Ira had a good point with relatability. It really feels like, and I believe it stems back, speaking of Ricky Gervais, to the office. As in, like, p- boring people with main character syndrome. It's like Taylor Swift's music. Like, just like, it's all about the, the basicness of relatability with no actual flourish in it. I feel, I want you to know that for me, uh, this podcast, and I'm not rapping yet, I'm just saying, I have to soon, but has been therapeutic for me. Okay, Hearing, <laughs> hearing two people whose opinions I value over so many other people's and that we see eye to eye for me is like very exciting because it's rare that I get to chat, you know, about these sort of things with you two or with anyone. Thank you. Yeah. No, and I listen, I, and I, I've been on record as loving a Ted Lasso, but I like it too. It's the, the I will say the one thing that does get me in every episode. Here we go. They are not good at pop culture references. Oof, that's tough. Because the British, they should have the worst part. The worst part of a Ted Lasso, the worst part of like a Ted Lasso pop culture joke is it will just sort of be like you're listening to a conversation between someone at a bar yeah. where it's oh here's this movie. And then they go back and forth with like, oh, I've preferred this TV show or I've preferred this actor. And you, you've seen some of those in the episodes. It's they just like. just said yesterday when I was watching, when I was binging, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm binging it, by the way. Like the second we're done, I'm going back to watch it. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, I'm obviously enjoying it. But he said at one point, Jason Sudeikis, he goes, well, I thought you were going to tell me Beyonce and Jay-Z broke up. I'm like, huh? Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm like, <laughs> Who? It's a new podcast the three of us are making called Who Wrote This Stuff? Right, Lewis? We're pitching that. <laughs> hey, who wrote this stuff? Uh, it felt, I felt embarrassed, is what I would say. Who Wrote This yeah. Stuff would be a great, like, 80s Jim J. Bullock sitcom. You know, Wouldn't that who be wrote good? this stuff with the credits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I will say we had Brett Goldstein on our podcast and he uh, was a delight. And I do love him on the show. Brett Goldstein. Oh, Brett Goldstein, by the way, uh, yes. don't look in my camera roll right now because half of the pictures are him shirtless <laughs> that I was texting my friend Dave last night in the locker. Like whoever decided to like always have him shirtless on the show is actually brilliant because it is mm. extremely fun for me. Yeah. And whoever decided that is a genius yeah. and whoever decided that um, Jake Gyllenhaal is not sure. Shir- I just have to get this off my chest. Go on. He is not shirtless once in Guilty. <gasps> really? What? Guilty is him sitting in front of a computer. The yeah. entire movie. 
Wait, is he Good being another de- another quote unquote demented quote unquote character of his? Because no, I'm sick of him reaching into his like bag of like caricatures. Like just he's a demoted. He's a demoted police officer who's now doing nine one one calls. Wait, that's funny though. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna call nine one one. Be like Jake. They're like, man, no, please hang up. Um, I actually want to watch that. I have. Oh, quickly, this reminds me of my favorite um, adjective. I think the funniest adjective is disgraced. Um, You know, Mm. like a disgraced police officer, like you're already (laughs) laughing, right? (laughs) You know why? Because it sounds like defiled. Disgraced sounds like they like pissed on somebody. It's like not just like they they messed up. It's like, no, they like literally took a dump on that thing. Uh, So wait, boys, what else is, uh, by the way, this has been such a pleasure and a treat. You know what this conversation has proven to me? That in a perfect world, the three of us could write something together and prove our critics wrong, our many hundreds of critics wrong, and say we can actually, you know, because it's easy to sit here and say that, but like we need, you know what I really, I personally want just to have a show. So let's pitch a show. We can all be on it. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't want to write a scripted thing. I want to just be able to do this. I honestly don't want to let you go because from, um, for me, from just a social perspective, this is the most fun I've had in so long that I actually am like being quite needy. And I do miss Lewis seeing you at award show. Do you remember one time we got stuck in a conversation with Tabitha Coffee? Yes. You, oh my me, God. I literally, I literally totally forgot about that. Yes. A, a new she, now next thing or something. At a yeah. new now next thing. And Iris, she had such bad coffee breath. And I remember thinking like, she's a fucking genius. <laughs> like she has coffee breath. That's hysterical. <laughs> so the marketing. Yes. The marketing of it all. By the way, once upon a time, you would just walk down like Santa Monica Boulevard, like the gay part of it. And you would see Tabitha, Tabitha Coffee every day. Like she was like oh, yeah. the mayor of the town. Yeah, I could see that for her. That yeah. actually, that's mm-hmm. like a good energy for her. Um, last question. How's LA doing without me? I assume suffering. Oh, it is. It is. It is. You know, I, who else am I going to run into at the improv? Ira. Oh my God. Remember that? Ira, you know, the thing with you, Ira, is that I have always wanted to be like really good friends with you. And every time I see you, it's like in such a passing fleeting moment that I can't We're always actually, on the go. On the go that I can't actually prove to you that I'm like fun. But Lewis knows. Lewis, you tell him. <laughs> Lewis, who literally never talks to me. He's like, what was the first thing he said was, when I see you, I'm physically exhausted. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, take that as a no. I, I yell stop when she approaches. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lewis Rattel, Ira Madison. Follow them at Lewis Rattel and at Ira the Madison. Did I say that right? I, I don't even have it pulled it's, up. It's only Ira the third on Instagram now, you know? And um, congratulations. Watch uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And Louis, you're on Kimmel all the time lately, right? I feel like I see you all the time. I, I, do, I do a little appearances uh, called Vertell It Like It Is. Yes, that's right. I love that it's called Vertell It Like It Is. Oh, my God. It's your, that's your show. I get to, it, It's so finger waggy. Yeah. I want a spinoff. That should be oh, your show. Wow. <laughs> you could be the Ross Matthews of Late Night. I would love that. Oh, that's no. By the way, uh, no. I was thinking of what network could take that show, and I immediately thought of Here TV, which hasn't existed in fifteen years. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you hear Lewis is on Pax? Um, all right, Lewis, they want, on they, Pax. Want, they want plenty of things at Paramount Plus. Lewis, we we got you. 
Oh my god, that Pax reference just took me out. Like, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be on right after Highway to Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now Michael Landon, is he alive? That's how this episode's gonna end. That's the name of this episode, and now Michael Landon, is he alive? Um, boys, <laughs> adore you both. Love you. Let's do this again soon, please. And thank you for doing the show. Oh, thanks, Michelle. And Love listen you. to Keep It. I Keep It is one of the funniest, brilliant podcasts. You boys are so, I'm so glad that this merger happened. It makes me feel good about the world. So come on, keep it. Yeah, get the like, fuck on Keep It. What's wrong? Yeah, with get you? on our show. Okay, well, because I don't ask people to be guests, you have to ask me. So now that you've asked me, I would like to be on it, obviously. All right, any okay, fucking please. Time. Yes. All right. We'll pick up right where the Michael okay. Landon conversation left off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first thing I say is like, dead. This first, the first one. He's dead. He's dead. All right. I adore you both, guys. Thanks for listening to Midnight Snack. I'm Michelle Collins. You can follow me at Mish Call if you care to. It's mildly facetuned photos and some promos. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. All right. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production. Executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend, Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at MidnightSnack at Earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into the Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear the show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.